0: Greetings, children all over the world. This is yours truly, Femi the Storyteller, and I'm back with another story. This story is called, If It's Too Loud, Cover Your Ears, or Ask the Other Person to Be Quiet. This story is from the book called, Rules. Written by Cynthia Lord Rules Written by Cynthia Lord As always, before we begin I do not own the rights to this story Thank you If it's too loud, cover your ears or ask the other person to be quiet. On the ride home from the clinic, the rain comes. David holds his hands over his ears, blocking the tiny squeaks of the windshield wipers against the glass. David hears everything extra loud, Stephanie says milk being poured, shopping carts clanging at the grocery store, my pet guinea pig squealing, the school bus breaking as it pulls up to the corner, and the whoosh of the the bus door opening. All those things and a million more make David cover his ears fast as lightning. The last day of school should have been a happy day, but I can't think of it without seeing David at the bus stop, clutching his umbrella, his head tipped over to his shoulder to cover one ear, his hand covering the other. Ryan DeShaney said he'd steal David's umbrella if he let go of it, and David believed him. I told Ryan, I told him Ryan was joking, but that made it worse because David laughed and laughed in that twisted position. And Ryan mimicked David, tipping his own head way over, laughing. I got in trouble with the bus driver because she caught me shoving Ryan. We had to sit in front of the seats So she could keep an eye on us, she said. On the ride to school, I added another rule to David's list. Sometimes people laugh when they like you, but sometimes they laugh to hurt you. I hope David can learn that rule by September when we have to go back to the bus stop. Maybe the family next door will be moving in when we get home. I watch a heron hunting fish in the low water area under the bridge. His feathers are dark, slick with rain. The mover said five, but maybe they were wrong. Maybe, Mom says, but our new neighbors might have a long drive. And there's always last-minute things to do when you move. I try to hold my hopes down, but it keeps popping up again. Until Mom turns a corner to our street and I see Ryan DeShaney getting on his bike. An orange newspaper bag slung over his shoulder. His curly black hair looking frizzy from the rain I let loose one hope skyward I hope he gets soaked David waves out the car window hi Ryan don't say hi to him I tell David he's not your friend Catherine mom snaps the reflection from her glasses flashing in the rear view mirror. Don't stop David from talking to people. Not after all the work we've done on initiating conversation. Part of me wants to tell her about Ryan, but she'll call his mother or the bus office and make it worse for David next year. Mom doesn't understand how not everyone is on David's side. I ran into Ryan's mom the other day, and she was telling me all the fun things the community center is sponsoring for kids this summer. Mom says, Wouldn't you like to sign up for something, Catherine? Why is it the minute kids have free time, parents want to fill it up? She said they'll, they're having swimming lessons, tennis, yoga. Mom continues. They're even sponsoring a few bus trips and a summer dance. Won't that be fun? I have a rule against dancing. I tell her no dancing unless I'm alone in my room or it's pitch black dark. Don't be silly. I think it sounds wonderful. I want to say, then you do it. But that'll get me in trouble. If you don't want to do something, Say, hmm, I'll think about it. And maybe the asker will forget the whole bad idea. Hmm, I'll think about it. I lean forward, looking between the front seats, until I see the driveway next door, a long strip of rain black tar, empty. I fall back against my seat. All afternoon, I try to keep too busy to check my watch every 15 minutes. But by 4 o'clock, I can't stand waiting in my room anymore. I take my sketchbook and head for the porch where there's a good view of the neighbor's driveway. As I open the front door, I hear mom's voice from somewhere down the hallway. Please stop asking me, David. Dad'll pick you up at five o'clock. And that's the last time I'm saying it. I rush outside to our porch swing. Worried mom's next words will be. Why don't you find Catherine? And see what she's doing. I draw to the steady patter of rain on the roof and cars gushing through puddles on the road. At quarter to five, a slow splashing makes me look up. A minivan passes through the puddle and into the driveway next door. I pull my feet up onto the swing. Watching over the top of my note sketchbook. A woman gets out of the van and runs for the porch, her purse held over her short hair. From the passenger side, a girl climbs out, tall with straight brown hair falling past her elbows. She's not fat or skinny perfect between she doesn't run just walks like the rain doesn't bother her at all sitting here thinking about what happened with Jason and seeing Ryan I figured today might be a bad luck day and I should just let all that bad luck run out overnight before I try something else big plus I haven't baked anything yet, and I want my introducing day to be perfect. Not me standing on her porch, dripping wet, handing her soggy cookies. The girl follows her mother inside without once looking over to my house. Our front door opens. Let's go to the video store David says, holding his umbrella under his arm. He hops into the swing with me, squiggling my pencil line. Seven minutes. Sometimes dad's late. Dad always has an excuse traffic, last minute customers at the pharmacy who run out of their prescriptions. And can't wait until morning. A salesman stopping by with drug samples. But I think even if things went just right, dad will still be late. It's part of him. Like his brown hair or his glasses or his name tag and lab coat. I gave up expecting dad to be on time years ago. But David thinks everything a person says is the truth. Dad works all the extra hours he can, even on Saturdays, so mom can afford to work part-time at home. She used to have an office downtown, but David got kicked out of daycare, so now she runs her tax preparation business from our spare bedroom. The good part of having mom home is she's around to talk to and can take me places. But the bad part is David has to come wherever we go. And sometimes I have to babysit while she meets with clients or makes phone calls. She says it doesn't sound professional when she has to put her hand over the phone and yell, David! put those pants back on David checks his watch six minutes and 33 seconds in exactly six minutes and 33 seconds there's going to be a scene I know it as sure as I know the window next door is open and David's scream will travel from my porch to Across our yard and through that open window. A red sports car zooms by on the road. Puddles spraying our fence. Let's count cars, I suggest. There's one. He glances up. It's not easy to sidetrack David. Especially when it involves a video store. But he does not. But he does like to count cars. A truck rolls by. Two. Raising his arm. David holds it out. So he can see both the road and his watch. In five minutes. Six seconds. Well. Maybe five minutes. Three cars. And four minutes, 58 seconds, I give up. We can't count. We count cars. Four, five, six. And he counts minutes. Three, two, one. Remember the rule? I flip to the back of my sketchbook and show him. Late doesn't mean not coming. Our new neighbor neighbor's front door opens. 10 9 Davis shouts the seconds like an announcer at a rocket launch. The girl steps onto her porch. 8 7 I scramble to cover his mouth but David jumps off the porch swing a car is coming please let it be dad six five David yells and the girl next door glances our way four three two one I peek over but the girl isn't glancing now. She's staring straight right at us. Seven cars. Davis screams as a car goes past. The whole world is covered with buttons and not one of them is mine. I jump up to stop his hands flapping now like two fierce and angry birds is he okay the girl calls I could help you look for it look for it do you need help finding his buttons she asks oh no thanks I struggle to hold David down. The truth is, I wouldn't know where to begin explaining, especially hollering from my porch to hers. Talking to David can be like a treasure hunt. You have to look underneath the words to figure out what he's trying to say. It helps if you know his conversation rules. Don't use two words when one will do. If you don't have the words you need, borrow someone else's. If you need to borrow words, Arnold Lobo wrote some good ones. That button line comes from a story in one of David's favorite books. Arnold Lobos Frog and Toad Are friends In the story Toad keeps finding buttons Big ones Little ones Square ones But none of the buttons He finds is the right button Like none of the passing cars Is dad's But that would take too much explaining and the girl is already going back inside her house no cookies no trading high or my name is no flashlight discussion or even a nice to meet you her first ever words to me were is he okay I'll pick you up at five o'clock David whispers A tear gleams Like a tiny pearl On David's eyelashes My grip on him softens Dad's still coming I say Late doesn't mean not coming But those words don't help So I reach over, wipe away his tears with the side of my thumb and say the only words I know will calm him. Frog, you are looking quite green. David sniffles. But I always look green, said Frog. I am a frog. I pause, pretending I don't remember what comes next. Though I can do the entire book word for word, by heart. Today you look very green, even for a frog, said Toad. David looks at me. I nod. Even for a frog. David and I sit on the swing until Dad pulls into the driveway. Ready to go, sport? He calls. Though David is already running down the steps, headed for the car. I watch David trying to get into the car without closing his umbrella. I'm sorry I'm late. Dad waves to me. Mrs. Jesslin came in at the last minute and needed her heart pills. Want to come, Catherine? No, thanks. I checked my watch. 542. Once again, this is yours truly, Femi the Storyteller. And I hope you enjoyed this story. Uh, this is, uh, This is a pretty interesting book about a boy with autism and his um, older sister who has to take care of him um, in addition to his mother and father. Um, But so far, so good. I'm really enjoying this book. Um, Once again, it's written by Cynthia Lord. It's called Rules. So if you don't have this book, um, if you get a chance, you know, pick it up. That'll be uh, that'll be good for your book collection, because I know you all have book collection going on. Right? I know you guys love to read. I, I know you guys are enjoying me reading to you. So signing off. Until next time. Yours truly, Femi the Storyteller. Love you all. Bye for now.